that's a juicy question, man. Um, that is a super juicy question. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast. New, revised. Mike, it's been a while since it's been you and me. What's going on? It has. I missed you guys uh, last week, unfortunately, but yeah. uh, good to... Uh, Good to catch up. Yeah, it was it was it was a good episode. It was good. It was it was fine. You weren't there to interrupt us, so we were able to get into right. real real meat. Look at yeah, it. Looks good. like you got a, you got a new studio. You got a U.S. flag behind you. Yeah, it's it's actually got some history. Seven cents thing. Seven My buddy, uh, a good buddy of mine. He's a graphic designer, and uh, he was driving home one day, and he saw this barn that was getting torn down. It was a hundred year old barn. That's all made out of hundred year old barn wood. Sweet, sweet. So, um, there was no baseball season this year, was there? No. I, I, although I, I'm still watching. Like, it, it, how can you not watch? But it's, you know, I I think I think the game. I I think the play is so poor. It, it it's almost. Yeah. I I can't even. I, I it's getting to the point where I can't watch it. And games are taking three and a half to four hours, which is just forever. Which right. is just stupid. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna kill the sport. I hate to say it, but but they're gonna. They're, they're going to kill things off. So anyhow, we, uh, we have decided to, to bring tw- twist things up a little bit. We've been doing this for a couple of years, so we'll still be, uh, we got some guests that we're working on and uh, we're going to take a little bit of a, uh, a new approach to the, uh, the podcast here with uh, when it's just Mike and me, maybe that should be the name of our podcast, Mike and me, Mike and me, <laughs> Mike and me. There we go. Mike and me, the black line podcast, How about Doug and me? Mike and me. There you go. Uh, Mike and me sounds better, don't you think? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it does. It does. You know, it's a got, it's got a, Mike's it's got a, a better little... name. I don't know if I'd agree with that. <laughs> that, that, that you, might, you might be stretching it there, but whatever helps, whatever helps you sleep at night. Alrighty, so we are going to go to segment one. We're going to talk about some big news that happened and give you our takes. Wow, you even got the you, 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 like you even got the music to go with. I like that, we got we got some sound effects coming on today. We got some. I got a surprise for you coming up. I got a new sound effect. I think you're gonna like for our next segment uh, when when we get through with this one. So big news recently. Big news since the last podcast. Uh, let's see, what could it be? What could it be? What could it be? Snowflake went public. They did. Big bang yesterday. A big Largest bang software IPO ever. So we are, for those of you that are wondering, we are recording this on September 17th, Snowflake. Ticker S-N-O-W went public yesterday, um, came out at $120, which is hit crazy. like three something. And at one point yesterday, I think it had a $99 billion valuation closed yesterday at just under $75 billion market cap. Let's see where it's at. Uh, $63 billion. It was down 23 bucks. It was at $63 billion market cap about a half hour ago. Yeah, down 11% today. Down 11%, uh, yeah. Closed so, uh, to 226 So let's talk about that. What's your take on it? What do you think? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, I got a bunch of uh, really good friends that work there, and so they're buying on paper. Dinner. They uh, on paper they probably made a few million. Some of them more than others. Um, 
So that, that, that's cool. Always love to see uh, friends making money. Um, I don't know, man. It's a big valuation. It's a big, big valuation for, for what are they doing about a little 1.1, 1.2 billion. And uh, no, I think it's uh, less than I read. I saw yesterday, like 400 million. I thought they did 296 last quarter. Um, I could be wrong. Let, 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 let's take a look. Let, let, let's go to the Googler. Let's go to the Googler. What, um, you know, regardless, it, it, it's like huge. Let, 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 let's go to the valuation side next. What, what, what do you think of it as, I mean, obviously it's good company. It's um, big things. Why, why was there so much, why, why is there so much heat, so much buzz for Snowflake? Huh. I mean, it's interesting tech for, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, Mike, just so you know, $264.7 million for 2019. So no, that wasn't, that wasn't a quarter's revenue. That was, that was a year's. Yeah. So I, I cause I saw yesterday, somebody posted, it's trading at 212 times revenue. So, so you know Snowflake well. Why don't you tell everybody who is Snowflake? What do they do? So they're really just a kind of like a data management platform where you can tie multiple, um, you know, platforms into them. They've got connectors for all kinds of different stuff, um, so that you can analyze that data in a much more flexible, uh, flexible way. Like for example, HubSpot uses HubSpot has made a huge investment in snowflake uh for their back-end data architecture yeah they've been using them for a while they came into them real big and that's leading to i mean in, anybody who's seen some of the improvements on the reporting side and what's coming down the pike um you know a lot of that's because of snowflake we talked a few episodes ago about building martech stacks and how they're crazy and all over the place and kind of the promise behind snowflake is very easy to get data from one place to another place keep things the same centralize it and yeah. i mean that is in the world of data that's the a lot of people don't understand this building the algorithms is it's almost the easy part it's pulling the data in storing the data um in a in a functional format that you can actually access um who are their competitors why why is snowflake <laughs> considered so good i mean you know aws is a big competitor Google's a big yeah, AWS, Google, um, Azure. Um, you know, there's a lot of different data management platforms that are out there. I think one of the things they're executing on is they've they've grown fast and they've got a good product, and they're they're capturing larger enterprise organizations. Uh, now, there's there's a huge cost to sale of doing that, but I think that's where there's just a lot of buzz around them. What, what makes them, I mean, I love data, but, and I think Snowflake's like a really cool company. I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed by what they're doing. They seem to have a good team in place, but like, I, I know we're going to get to that. We both think that this is crazy. I got some, I got some data points for you on, on, on that. Uh, but you know what, like make the argument for, for, well, I, I look I, in a, in the in a data in the data platform world. There's a lot of broken promises. There's a lot of you know good marketing. I think what what really sets them apart is their product actually works. 
Um, and it's, it, it's proven to work. What does that mean that it works? It, it ultimately works as advertised. Like it, it, the setup of it is not overly complex. Um, you don't need a bunch of PhD data engineers to, to, to get it going and, and, and working. Um, whereas a lot of these other products have a lot of uh, implementation issues, scalability. And one of the big things is, you know, with a lot of these other data platforms, scalability issues, performance issues, once you grow to a certain size, like, you know, for example, Elasticsearch had all this promise uh, years ago, and that has quickly, more and more engineers are realizing that there's significant limitations from a performance and scalability perspective in, in the world of data. That's key. And I think Snowflake actually lives up to the promise of, you know, a real data engineering platform. What, what do you think their moat is? Uh, tech. You know, better product. So, like, I mean, would you agree? And, 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 and better product, momentum, uh, good sales organization, good marketing, and, you know, it's backed by a good product. So, so everyone's betting that Snowflake, I should say everyone that's betting on Snowflake is betting that they're going to disrupt the market. Yep. Right. Here, here's what I don't get about where the money is going in a lot of places in tech today. They're all betting on this company disrupting these embedded companies. But what's going to stop somebody else from disrupting them as this stuff gets, because like, you know, your point Snowflake is, has got a great product, right? It, it's like the four minute mile, right? Until Roger Bannister ran a four minute mile, no one ever ran a four minute mile. So until Snowflake, no one had a product that worked. And that's an exaggeration, but right. right. But, but you know, the year after Roger Bannister, four people ran a four minute mile. The year after that, it was like 50 some ran a four minute mile. And today, if you want to compete at the mile, you have to, you know, you're, you're sub four. You're, you're right. 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 And, and so, you know, you, I mean, I'll tell you, it, it's nice to see that they're, that they're actually getting the valuation. I, I think the company that, that's so under um, talked about in these conversations is Microsoft. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, cause Microsoft, you know, everyone's trying to build their, their, their installed base. Microsoft has their installed base. Microsoft owns enterprise, right? And cause how many, how many of those companies that Snowflake is selling to aren't running windows? Yeah, probably none. Right. And, you know, so if you take a look at what, at what, at what Azure is doing. Right. It, now, it, right. It, it's, it's, it, it's, it is the, and that is a great example. It's look years ago, Amazon web services came out of nowhere and like just started eating the market. They didn't have any competitors whatsoever and they were just exploding. And, and some would say that they're still having a lot of success, but now look at Azure. Azure came along is starting to eat their lunch. Google came along and is starting to eat their lunch. Well, so so actually AWS came out and Google was their competition. And and I forget who, because I, I, I heard an interview on this and, and um, God, the guy who's the CEO of Google, I should do my research before I start all this stuff now, now that we're preparing. Um, you know, what he brought up when someone said to him, basically what happened, he admitted, so we, we weren't paying attention to it. So, you know, yeah. AWS came out of the market and again, this, this was the genius of, of, of Jeff Bezos. Everyone thought he was building a book company, 
right? Uh, an online retailer, right? And, and then all of a sudden here, who's this online retailer that came out? But, but the thing that's actually kind of interesting is if you take a look at AWS, while they are definitely kicking it, um, they're not kicking it at enterprise. They're, they're owning the mid-market, right? And yeah. now for them to be able to continue to grow and, and Azure is coming in. So you kind of have at the enterprise level, you've got Azure, you've got Oracle, right? Oracle is, who knows what they're doing. Buying TikTok. 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 <laughs> well, you know, and they're not even buying TikTok, but. Right, right, you know, right. Who, who knows? Right, and, and, and so you see this different game. And, and so Snowflake is coming in. Um, you know, the thing that's interesting, and, and I think it's a problem that all these SaaS companies are going to have, is, you know, you, you, you've got this no-code um, evolution. I, I, I refuse to call it a revolution because, I, I mean, A, to some degree or other, it's been around for decades. Um, yep. And, and B, I also, I remind people, somebody has to code the no-code, right? And, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's going to get better and better and better, but, but I've looked at no-code. And, you know, people are talking about, oh, you can build product with no code now. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, how would you feel about building your product with, with, um, <laughs> it wouldn't be and, possible. And, you know, and, and you know what? Yeah. You can build your product with no code, just like you can build just about anything with Legos. Yep. Can you build a competitive advantage with no code? So anyways, that's getting us on the, on, on it. We'll, we'll have to save that for. Well, I mean, Eric, like Eric brings it up all the time. And for those listening, Eric's co-founder of my company, brilliant engineer. He says, you know, like, Hey, I could build Facebook in a weekend, but I can't build the scalability of Facebook in a weekend. That, that, that's their, that is Facebook. Well, so, you know, that's part here, of their mode. So, so, but, but see, Facebook's mode is brand. Well, it's, it's correct. It's brand, but it, 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 absolutely. Well, so so like here's here's my question about a lot of these a lot of these backbone systems, right? Um, nobody knows who they are. Correct. So so it 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 it's the fundamental question that Intel dealt with when they created the Intel Inside campaign. They 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 realized, wait a second, we we make a chip. Nobody cares about a chip. Right. And, and if you take a look at what happened, you know, when, when they did the Intel inside campaign, take a look at the performance Intel versus AMD. And they realized, wait a second, if, if we're just in a box and nobody knows who we are, the end user doesn't know who we are, then, then there's going to be no reason ultimately. Um, so yeah, I could build Facebook in a weekend. I couldn't, but, but Eric could. The, 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 the utilization, the history, right. you could, you could, right? the, the momentum, the, uh, My, absolutely, the user base. And, and, and I think that's why Snowflake is, is, is blowing up right now is because they do have, in the space that they're in, they have brand recognition. Yeah, but, but, and momentum. But it's still not, they, they, but they, they have utility brand recognition. I mean, they're, 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 they're a good company. They're doing $400 million. So let's not lose sight of the fact that they're doing $400 million. Right, right. Well, um, again, the valuation is crazy. Okay. Um, and, and again, I'm not, I am by no means anti-Snowflake, but what I'm going to say is so like um, Azure has, has a moat because they've got a Windows operating system. They're, they are the, they are the operating backbone. Installed the technology base, right, app, right, right. right. But, but not just install base. There, there's like, 
I mean, they, they're, they're truly a platform. They're the operating you're, you're, system. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the operating right? system of right? most businesses. G- yeah. Google, Google is building an operating system of, for small business with, you know, with Gmail. With, with, you know, that's, that's what the whole Google Apps is about, right? It, 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 it reminds me a lot about what's going on in, in the media wars right now and, and the vulnerability of Netflix, which is Netflix is a content creator, but they're not a distribution company. Right. And, and, you know, so Disney has come in and, and why has Disney had, you know, so much profound success because they own content and they own distribution. Right. I, I know a lot of people that are predicting that, that someone's going to buy Netflix, you know, HBO max is doing okay, despite a horrible launch because they own content, they own distribution, right? Netflix only owns content. They still need distribution partners. Look at what Apple TV is doing now, right? You come yep. to, you know, the, the whole service. Apple bundle that, that, you know, all, all those things are going on. My question is, as data becomes more and more portable, and to a large degree, if you look at what Snowflake is designed to do, is to make it even so make more. make data portable, right, right, more portable. Absolutely. Right? So, so what, Absolutely. you know, where, where, where does that come? So, so here's my question to you. Five years from now, are we talking about Snowflake? Or are we talking about Snowflake a division of? Snowflake a division of. Yeah, Snowflake a division of. Yeah. Yep. 100%. In, insiders, if you can sell your stock. Actually, here's what I'm going to talk about. Uh, no cost collars. Actually, I don't even know if you can get collar of the stock. I'm telling you, collar of the stock. All right, let's talk about the valuation. Crazy. What the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know we were allowed to. Is that we're allowed to start? Uh, remember, remember John. Now? We we had we had John Barrows. He broke. Right, oh, he, that's true. That's he, true. Right. He broke the. Uh, right. He, the he made ceiling. it okay. He made yeah. it okay. Um, what the fuck? I mean, it, so here here's my. It, 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 it defies. It, it just defies everything. Here here's my take. I I don't think it's healthy. No. It's not healthy. Well, it's not healthy for numerous reasons. It's one, it's not healthy for the employees, um, it, 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 for, especially right now. You know, what's going to happen in six, nine, 12 months when the stock starts to crater. But systems balance themselves out. Yep. Right. And, 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 and this isn't just Snowflake. This is, I mean, I could. Uh, so here's a fascinating data point for you. 400 some million dollars, Snowflake. Valuation end of the day yesterday roughly seventy five billion dollars. Let's just use that as as our number right now. Guess what Ford's market cap is? Probably in the same realm, or if not less, twenty eight billion dollars. <laughs> I was way off. Snowflake is worth more than you get two Fords for Snowflake. How much revenue? did um, Ford do last year? I, I have no idea. $160 billion. So I get $160 billion, hard assets, right? $400 million, you're worth three times as much as me. Tesla is worth the entire automobile Auto industry. industry. It, it's it's just, combined, I mean, correct. I'm sorry. Like, like that... I remember 1999. I remember when AOL bought Time Warner. Sure, they called it a merger, but they, it, 
Yeah, they bought. It was a right. It was a purchase. And and by the way, it was the single greatest acquisition in history, I believe. Right. And everyone's looking at me going, what? Because we all know what happened to the stock shortly after that. Except what people forget was Steve Case bought Time Warner. AOL was what brought the Time Warner valuation down. Case looked at it um, and said, wait a second, our our stock value is so insanely high and we have absolutely no real assets. We have no real moat. Let's go buy hard assets. And they bought Time Warner, right? I, I remember in like 2002, AOL accounted for negative $16 per share of, of the Time Warner, of the Time Warner valuation. Right. And, and everyone was like, this is a horrible acquisition, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, remember the, the company that bought it, they were the ones worth right. negative they, they $16. The, right, 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 right. Right. The people who got hurt were, were, it was, were it Time was Warner. Right, right, right. And, and so, I mean, A, he, here's the thing that could have us talking about Snowflake, right? Is if they take their stock, use it as currency and start buying. Start acquiring other, revenue, uh, yeah. You know, and, 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 and who would they buy? But, you know, Shopify is in the same place. Shopify is worth, um, you know, what, what, what's Shopify's valuation? A lot. $1.58 billion in sales, $105 billion. They're, 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 they're trading at 100 times revenue. Right? There's like... You know, I, actually, I heard a great, um, a great take of anybody. What's HubSpot trading at? Like 10 at 11 X? Um, revenue? revenue? You're talking about revenue? Yeah. So they did 674 billion. 674 million. Million, exactly. They'll look forward to the data they do. And they're, and they're 12 billion. So they're 20. 20. Holy shit. HubSpot's cheap. I, I know. <laughs> I, I, See, and I, by the way, I, I was in financial services when we used that language, like something shredding at like a <laughs> ridiculous, but Hey, look at, you know, look, look at this, <laughs> you know? So I actually heard um, it was, it was Scott Galloway who brought this up that they, what Shopify should do is buy Simon properties. Buy some hard assets. Interesting. Well, buy Simon properties and provide kind of like, um, like exec, the equivalent of executive office space, if you will, to various retailers, but also what you're now building. And by the way, this is what Amazon's doing. I, I tweeted this last night because I had a horrible experience on DoorDash. Uh, you know, everyone's jumping into this whole, you know, digitized everything, except they forget that shit still has to get from point A to point B. And the last mile of point B is where all the problem is, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, why is Amazon, why did Amazon buy Whole Foods? Why is Amazon buying AMC, trying to buy AMC? Um, I, why was Amazon talking about buying JCPenney? Why is Amazon buying assets? Why are they building bricks? Because they get its distribution. It's last mile distribution. Here, here, like, here's the thing that I think, and this is what, uh, you know, I look at, um, I look at, at, at Snowflake and I, and I go, you know, great company, crazy valuation, because it, it doesn't give you distribution. And distribution wins every time. The company, you know, what what made Jay Rockefeller the richest person? That's, in the world? Yeah, that's 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 an interesting. If if you control the distribution, you control. Point. You know, if you control the railways, you control the world, right? Why why is Disney so powerful? Because they control distribution. 
they can have whatever they want to have come out, right? And 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 so you 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 have these things going on, and and now you have like I don't think it's healthy, you know, when when stock is used to complement and 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 used as part of acquisitions, but stocks stocks are becoming their own currencies, um. And, and we're just, you know, it, it's air buying air. Maybe I'm just old, get off my lawn and, and, and wow, the world has just, you know, turned on its access. But I'm, you know, I, I, I look at this and I go, the, the commoditization of technology is insane, right? You know, HubSpot last year at Inbound, they're coming up on Inbound this year, they're going to make their, their announcements last year. Um, you know, this year, last year, they made their announcements. What? Be, oh, that's all? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, is that all? Really? Like, you know, think about how much, you know, and, and you, you keep having to run this race, you know, and, 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 you know, someone says we could stop, you know, if we stopped investing in R&D and this and this, and we needed to go, you know, we needed to focus on profit, we could become profitable like that. And I would say, yeah, you, you could, but for how long? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so back from uh, some technical difficulties there, what I was saying was, you know, the rate of commoditization is, is so fast in tech that, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a fascinating thing for me. I think you feel the same way, which is I'm, Absolutely. I'm, re I'm really bullish about tech. Like, you know, I, I come across as, you know, I, I talk to some people and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, Mr. Negative, right? But it's like, no, I'm not negative about tech. I no, think it's amazing, it, but, it, you know. One, a realist, and two, I think you're, 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 you're pointing out an obvious, you're talking about an obvious point that I don't think people think about, um, which you're right. I mean, it's, it, it, it becomes somewhat of a hamster wheel uh, in, in, in the tech space for a company to continue to grow. Yeah, and so, so you have that, and you know I've been through three major corrections in my life, which are no fun. And and like like the problem is you you know there there's other underlying you know if we are discounting revenue and and hard assets, we like we're seeing the problem with the pandemic we devalued a manufacturing base to the point that we couldn't make Q-tips. Okay. We need, it was a little bit more advanced than Q-tips, but you know, you know, that, that, that same basic thing that, that, you know, we couldn't operate the way that we needed to operate. You, you see the shift, um, you know, five companies in the S and P 500 accounted for more than 30% of the increase in the value of the S&P 500. Jeff Bezos generated $85 billion of net worth so far this year, um, while you know, 20 million people are, are, are unemployed. You see a stock market that's completely separated. And one of two things are gonna be the case. This is either a temporary mania bubble, and the longer and bigger a bubble goes, the harder it crashes. You know, you know, not not to mention we've got a whole demographic trend that, that that's interesting, or the discounting of of hard assets, if you will, to to this level. If it's right, then it means that we're going to a world where capital 
is no longer a restraining force, let alone the restraining force. And, and so how do you have capitalism? Like the reason capitalism exists is because capital was the restraining force. So if you're changing those rules of the game, what, what too many people I think aren't thinking about is, well, those aren't going to be the only rules that change. Right. right. And, and you're seeing it, you're seeing it as a result of the pandemic. You're seeing, you're seeing an unemployment base. I'm going to sound like, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to sound like I'm in the Yang gang right now where, you know, the, the whole move to, to vaccinating your supply chain, the move to technology, you, you take a look at Boston robotics. Did you see the robot who just did its gymnastics routine? They just yeah, yeah. a video of it. Right. You know, saying, imagine what, what robots are going to be doing in five years. Like we're going to be living I robot. Right. Um, our, our, NS95s or whatever, or I forget what someone will correct me what, the, what, what that model of that is. And, and we're in this place where, you know, there, there's a huge movement to automate. And, and if you take a look at where the automation is happening, those are high paying blue collar jobs that, you know, they're, they're core to that, you know, to the base that has made, you know, the American economy as, you know, as, 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 what vital it, is. as it is. Right. Um, and I don't mean to get all insane and crazy, but, but you look at it and you say, like, that we're either playing a completely different game. And, and so we better figure out what, what the negatives are. And we're seeing what a lot of the negatives are. We're just choosing not to pay attention to them. Or there's something that's not right. But, you know, just sitting here on the sidelines cheering, that, that, that ha that's what has me worried. Yeah. All righty. So Snowflake. Okay, I admit it. This is all. I, I just wish they had hired me a couple of years ago. <laughs> Alrighty, so it's time uh, to go. It's time to go to our next segment, um, and we uh, we have uh, crowdsourced this next question. We're going to start addressing questions. Um, so here here's the deal: if somebody has a question, please let us know. We would love to uh, dig into debate your questions. If not, we're going to come up with our own questions. But welcome to the next segment. What is the question of the week? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. How's everybody doing? Hannah, right. what's the question of the week? So we have a really good question to kick off this section. Here we go. With the growing gig economy and side gigs, how should an executive or manager view the efforts of people who work for them? Do people owe their best and full efforts to the company they work for? How do you guys feel about that? Ooh. I'm the that old guy, so I'll let you that is a, That's a juicy question, man. Um, that is a super juicy question. Um, ah, wow. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a very quick way to respond to this, but uh, it's very hard. I obviously we're seeing a huge uptick in freelance, you know, people on companies' dimes doing freelance work and, um, you know, trying to build their own personal brand. I think I, we're, we're just kind of, maybe it's the bubble we live in, but we do see quite a bit of it. I can tell you when we first founded Seven Cents, I did it as a nights and weekends project a year and a, for a year and a half. But what I can tell you is, you know, during 10 hours a day, I was fully committed to my my day job and then it really was a nights and weekends 
uh, endeavor in, in, in getting things kicked off. So one of the things that I do see that, quite frankly, probably frustrates me is with this whole push for, you know, building a personal brand, et cetera. I think a lot of people are taking advantage of the companies that they work for. That, that, that's outside of looking in. I think that's my opinion. So what do you mean by taking advantage of the companies they work for? There, look, there's only so much mental energy that we all have in a day. And a majority of their mental energy is probably going towards their side gig versus actually doing something meaningful that for the company that's investing in them, paying their bills, et cetera. So what, what if, what if you've got somebody that it, it's their side gig, but you know, when they're at work, they're at work. So they're not putting the majority of their, um, is, is that okay? Do you have, are you good with that? Uh, yeah, I, I think I am. Um, again, I, I did it, but I also knew that, hey, for these 10 hours a day, I, I'm not going to invest. Uh, and yeah, sure, everybody, you, you are thinking about it, but it, you, as long as you're getting your job done, I'm, I'm okay with that. And you're getting your job done efficiently and you're, and, and you're doing a good job. So, so one thing I want to do is I want, I want to separate the idea of freelancing on the side with the idea of a side gig. Cause I think, I mean, people have been certainly in marketing, people have been freelancing in marketing for far, far longer than I've been on this earth. Right. I mean, I, I, I know, you know, when I, when I started doing inbound marketing and, and we needed somebody to start doing content, someone told me, yeah, just go on to this network. It's freelancers more likely than not, you're going to get, like the copywriter who does Coca-Cola because they're writing stuff, you know, they work for the agency during the day and they write their own stuff at, you know, at night. Yeah. Right. And, and that, you know, that, I, I think that that, that, that that's fine. Um, so, so the side gig is when you, it starts being, I um, see, I think it's as much about a personal branding. I, th I think where the conflict comes is, is personal branding. Well, are you doing a good job? Which I would say, whether you got a side gig or not, it, if you're doing a good job, then, then keep doing a good job. And if you're not doing a good job, start doing a good job or find somewhere else to do a good job. Right. I know, like, I don't have a problem with a side gig. I know that, um, so like our, our head of content, I know, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I know it would be true. She's probably gonna get mad at me that I'm talking about her. But you know, she she's a writer, right? She's already written a book. Um, she, you know, it's really really. Yeah, she might want to write a book. At, she might want to write a book at, at, at another book at night. Okay. Well, and 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 I have no doubt that if she like if she wrote a a book, uh, you know, along the lines that she wanted to write, and it became a bestseller, and and she could make her living being an author, I'm I'm sure that that's what she would do. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm like, Hey, that's cool. I have no problem with that. You know, so long as, Hey, let's make sure that, that. So like the question was full best effort. I think best effort. I, I don't, I want 75% of the effort. I, I, I forget who it was that said, and I thought this was a great philosophy that he said, um, he believes that, that people have five hours of creative energy a day. They max out about yep. five hours of creative energy. His request was that four of those hours be invested in the company, right? And, and I'm, you know, 75, 80%, that's your job. Um, and, I, and I would say that, you know, you, you said that you were full in 
at work, but, but you were full in except, you know, your strategic thinking was, was about seven cents. And and frankly, you weren't, you weren't really welcome to have that kind of thinking in in some ways you might've been a better employee for them because they just wanted you to like go out and sell Mike and, and stop coming up with a new way that we should run our business. Right. And, and so you got to do that thinking. (laughs) Right. Right. right True. Like there was a lot, there was a lot less arguments with leadership when I was, uh, right. When right, I was right. starting seven cents, because you're absolutely right. So then, so then the next, so like I'm gonna I'm gonna change the nature of the question, right? Because I think the bigger issue is personal brand, um, which, for the record, I I think people should build a personal brand. I think that that's important. The problem comes is when the personal brand begins to conflict with or confuse or overtake the company that you're working for and you're in a public facing role. Right. So, so what happens when, what happens when the, when the personal brand begins to be different? So I'm, I'm not going to name names, but you know what I'm talking about. There's, you know, and with all these things now with Substack, Patreon, um, where you can now like, like it used to be, you did your side blog. And now, and now you go to Substack, so you're doing your side blog, and you're trying to get people to subscribe to it. You're trying to, yeah, you're, right. you're trying to get people to pay you money. You, for it. you, you have people that, that that used to provide their, you know, their their learning on the dime of the company, and then they're they're sharing their findings and insights um, as they're building their their personal brand, you know, as a thought leader, as an insight person, etc. But it was all in service of the company that they were on the dime learning for. Now they're trying to get people to subscribe to their Substack, or they're trying to get people to subscribe to their Patreon. And so now they're on LinkedIn and they're, they're doing teasers left and right. And they're on, you know, every time you go on, it's, you know, Hey, this idea, this teaser, teaser, teaser. And you know, the members of my community are going to get this on Tuesday. And it's like, okay, wait a second. You know, you were, you were this guy and you were a, you were a public facing person for the company. Now it's like, okay, well, like I've started seeing myself going, okay, wait, where's, where's this relate to the company? Where does like, and, and there's, right. Who, who, who do you work for? Well, who do you work for? And, and, and yeah. And, and, and so like, how do you handle that? How do you handle it? That was the question. How do you handle it, Mike? I don't know. I don't think that's going to satisfy our, uh, our yeah, it's kind of a shitty answer. I don't know. Um, why don't you throw out your take? Um, it's very hard. Again, if, if the, I don't know, man, it's, it's hard. The reason why I say it's a hard, I mean, every situation is different. Um, is the person getting the job done? Maybe they're bored, which is why they're doing, you know, why they're doing this to begin with. Maybe they don't feel challenged. Um, I, I, like, I, I don't know. Which again, what's your take? So, I th- I think that you. I mean, here here's the first thing is I don't think you can deal with it when it becomes a problem. The only way to deal with it is. And, and it's actually something I think people are, need to start thinking about now. I, I had a conversation with another business owner and it was about politics and it's someone who is really, um, really believes that, that like 
this election is is life or death, literally life or death. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, I can't one hundred percent disagree with them, but that's the story, right? And and so has gotten, you know, has done certain things and 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 put out certain points of view and things along those lines that are in conflict with 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 customers and apparently even did something implementing for a customer and 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 so like that, you know, the, those aspects are now coming up as well. And so when you're like, we're all out there talking about authenticity and transparency and humans want to buy from humans. And then your people, they go do something like that. And then you slap them on the wrist or you, or worse. Well, now you're, you know, you're as much in conflict as anything else, because if I'm being authentic, then, you know, like I, I, I've seen people, I remember when, when some people at HubSpot first started posting some things on an, and, and somebody who I won't name, but I could tell it was very personal and it was, uh, it was, you know, slightly controversial. It was, it was a totally professional, respectful um, posting. And I, and I remember I commented to her, I said, you know what? And she, she shared that she was worried sharing it because of her professional role. And I said, you know, I'm actually impressed that you're at a company that allows you to do this. It allows you to do this. Right? But it's a fine line before you go too far and, and, it, and it does become a problem. So I think that, you know, if, if my, my perfect policy and procedures manual um, for, for any company would have, it has two policies in it. The first policy is be an adult. And the second policy is don't be a dick. I was going to say, don't be a dick. <laughs> show up and don't be a dick. Right. Right. But, but not just show up, be an adult. Right, 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 be an adult. And 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 so, um, you know, I, I, I think that it's something that companies have to start talking about. I think that one thing that happens where personal brands begin to conflict is when the company doesn't support or enable that personal branding, right? Um, but, I, but I do think that, like, so if I enable you to build your personal brand, um, you're more likely to to be in, excuse me, to be engaged in, in what the mission of the company is. And so it becomes less likely that, that, that we're gonna have this conflict. Um, now, here's a question, right? What if Hannah decided to take all the stuff that she was doing and she was gonna start a Substack or a Patreon group or whatever, right? And, and now she's actually leveraging our audience to build her business that, that's where you begin. I think, you know, I think, I think those are questions that we need to start thinking about today. Um, I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer. I think you need to define and create a consistent. What your, what, 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 right. Uh, what your policy is and be consistent about it. Now, what you can't do is decide on your philosophy and then some superstar performer decides to do their thing that's in violation of your policy and you go, okay, well, I'm just going to look the other way because they're, they're, they're a superstar employee. Um, right. I, I think people are entitled to their time. I think people are entitled, you know, and, and if they want to do a side gig with their time, I, I think they should be entitled to that. I, I would even go so far in some ways as to say um, they should encourage it. I would encourage somebody to do a side gig, distinctly different because i think it makes you a more interesting person um yes i mean you have seen like i'll give you my real life example of what happened to me so when i decided to quit nimble and go full-time with seven cents 
the CEO of Nimble reached out to me and said, hey, can you stay on board for another two to three months so that we can transition some of these enterprise accounts? You've got a lot going on. And I, Mike, I don't expect, like, I know what you're doing. And he goes, quite frankly, I wish you would have told me like a year and a half ago that you, you were thinking about this and starting, I, I probably could have helped you. Here's a company with hundreds of employees. You know, we're publicly traded, et cetera. And he said, look, all I would ask is that maybe you, sp you give us two hours a day um, for, this, for the next three to four months. And, and, and it, it would just be greatly appreciated. And you know what? When, when I finally went full time with Seven Cents, he was a huge help to me. And he continues to this day to reach out and say, you know, how are things going? Things won't miss. But I, was, I, I can tell you, I was deathly afraid of somebody finding out um, that I was doing um, but you also see some companies have taken certain forms, which I think are interesting. Like Google years ago started a policy that hey, on Fridays or you pick a day a week and you just work on whatever project you want. Like, and I think HubSpot does a good job of that. Like, uh, you know, pick a, pick a certain amount of time and see, go do what see, you want to do. I think you actually nailed earlier what the real issue here is when it becomes an issue. Because I think if you take a look at every person that you and I could think of, and I do, do not want to name names, where yep. we see the conflict, right? As I think about them, I'm going to say this. They're bored with their job. They're yep. bored in their job, right? And, and so I think when that starts happening, like um, when that fires up, I, I think as a company, you go – like as a manager, you go and you, you ask, hey, that's great. I see this. We, lo we love the initiative. I'm curious. Um, and, and then you go, hey, may, you know, maybe there's a way that, that, that we work together, right? Maybe there's a way that you, I'm, I think one of the things that's going to emerge from this is I, th I think you're going to see, there, I, I mean, to call them joint ventures is overshooting it, but, but company and person may be working in tandem too. Um, you know, and uh, you know, along the lines of, you know, possibly, you know, kind of what what you said but i think that yeah that, that's a very interesting perspective because yeah if you can get the support of your employer gosh like at that point sky's the limit everybody's happy everybody's cranking like nobody's feeling like oh am i going to get in trouble for doing this am i not going to get in trouble for doing this it's, it's a completely transparent environment and again I, I for a year and a half i was like I was scared, man. Like, I'm like, man, I got a family to support. Like if I, if they find out I'm, I'm, I'm and, hung out to dry. And, my name is, is completely tarnished. And, and I, and I think what begins to happen is that when, when it begins to be that you're at the job, you know, because, because you need the job and, 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 and I don't mean at the extreme that that's when creative people start, you know, looking elsewhere and when like i know at the company that you're at you you because you told me the stories there there was a bureaucracy there was you know what used to be easy to get to x and and move this it became y and 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 you began and so all of a sudden it was like why why put my creative energy to this um and you you know had had you been kept more engaged think, you may have right, never I come think, up with the idea right I, I think i think you actually just nailed something that i have not really put a lot of forethought into which was you're absolutely 100 percent right i was bored like i i 
I did not feel challenged. I was in enterprise sales for 13 years. I was just like, man, I'm just I'm doing the same thing. I'm making great money, but I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again. So, and, so I'm going to say two things are, are what you need to do. So I, I'm a, I actually have some advice. I can give some prescriptive advice. There's, there's two aspects. One is you've got to be reinforcing the why. You know, when the why is big enough, you're never bored. I mean, yeah. you might be bored in a, at moments, but, but you're not bored on any kind of structural way. So, so very often the why is no longer clear. Your why wasn't clear anymore. You were making money. When I was at Merrill Lynch, I was making money. I was showing up at work at 1030 and I was leaving at 230 and I was making money. <laughs> Playing play right? golf and everything. Right. And, and I was, and I remember thinking when I, when I was thinking about leaving, I remember saying, am I an idiot? I yeah. could, I could show up at 1030, leave at 230 for the rest of my life making at least 20% more money every year. And I was already making more money than, you know, I was already making the money that I had hoped that I would make one day. Right. And, but it was right. like, but, but it was like, you know what, the fact that I'm showing up at work at 1030 and by 230, I'm like, okay, I got, I got to get out of here. Like that was so painful. I was just so massively bored, which brings me to the second piece. Um, and I read, read this great book. I would recommend it to anybody. It's called um, leadership is language. Um, by, by the Navy captain who, who led the Santa Fe. He wrote a book, Turn the Ship Around. Great, great book. He talks about there's two types of work, red work, um, blue work. So what, the other thing that happens too is when you're no longer involved enough in the creation of the work that you're doing and your job has been, you know, especially if you're a creative type and, and your job gets to where, you're, where more and more of your work is doing, 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 and you're no longer creating and innovating the work that you're doing. And um, like, so we just came out with a, um, internally with our company with, with a series of first principles around um, um, design, you know, system design, et cetera. And, and one of the, um, the second principle is agency is critical, right? I have to feel like I, like everyone has to feel like they're in their choose their own adventure. So why do you go and do the side gig? Cause you don't have like where you were, you didn't have a choose your own adventure anymore. You were good. You, you had your buddies that, that gave you the competitive thing and, and you talked the game. And if someone said to you, you're not, you're not living your own story, you would have argued it because you, you know, you could have pointed, man, I just won this deal and that wouldn't have happened ex except that, you know, you, you would have won that deal with your eyes closed. Right. 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 No, and, and I, again, I, I think that's actually quite brilliant that you just uh, made me realize that, and, that and if you think about the people that I know you're thinking of right now, they're at high levels, they're at creative companies, but I bet you, you can see, you can see they're not, they're not in their, in their, um, cause, cause two years ago, three years ago, you could, their, their fingerprints were on company decisions. You could tell, you could see it, you could feel it. It was all there. Right. And, and before they started talking up their stuff, they didn't talk as much about the decisions and the game and the, this, they weren't in their choose their own adventure anymore. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's, so you got to make sure as a lead, I think this is going to become, you know, the whole commoditization argument in the beginning, I think it's absolutely, absolutely 100% crucial. You, you know, I, I think a manager's job today is, or at least going forward is going to be more about ensuring that their people are in a choose their own adventure game um, and, and the company needs to enable that. So that, I think that's how you handle it. I think the way you handle it. I, 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 I love that. I love that, uh, that advice and the, the, 
choose your own adventure um, is a great way to is a great way to sum that up. All righty, let's go to our final our final segment, right? See, how about that? We were like we were like organized and planned somewhat today, except you, that our technology blew music? up. Yeah, of course, man. Mike, what is your what is your key takeaway? What what's your key takeaway or your key prediction for people? What should people be thinking about going forward today? What would you tell them that should be like the number one thing or number one prediction that they should be aware of? Stay healthy. <laughs> I mean, it, it, well, in today's world, it, it's challenging, man. Like, it, health is. So, what do they need to do? What, 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 what's take, your take care? Take, take care of yourself. Like, I, I can't tell you how many uh entrepreneur friends that i've talked to folks in the hubspot community that are just like in, in the in the app partner program their ceos founders they're just utterly exhausted i'm like man you like you, you guys get you, you gotta take a step back and, and get out and exercise or just so i realize you, you're, you're you're crushing yourself see and i'm not I, i'm not a staycation guy i'm i'm a do nothing on vacation guy but I'm not a staycation yeah. guy. I'm like, you know, be on a beach doing nothing other than hating sand. Cause I hate sand <laughs> being on a, being on a cruise ship and a deck chair doing nothing. Right. Reading, listen to music, doing nothing. And I realize, like, um, I've gone longer, I think than I, I have in my professional life. Um, so I'm actually Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, next week. Um, I'm not, fully 100% taking off just because like I not I'm not necessarily doing anything but I'm kind of I'm kind of doing a soft like they're they're gonna like it's gonna be no public facing for, for that same thing it's like you need you just need that break and I didn't like I didn't realize it because it wasn't anything and and I just I'm like wait I think I'm tired because I haven't had my I haven't had my break no it's and it's literally over the last month that I'm getting on video conferences just to check up with folks. And I, you know, I have monthly meetings with, with friends in the industry and we just sit around and talk and I'm like, Oh my God, everybody is having the same, I'm having the same conversation over and over and over. Yep. All right. So here's my prediction going forward. My prediction is that George B. Thomas is going down in the first round in the inbound debate next Wednesday, September 23rd. Oh, it's so if it's not oh, I can't wait. <laughs> if, you're not, if you're listening to this before September 23rd, you want to register for inbound 2020, get on and watch in, watch outbound, take inbound out. George, right, so, yeah, George, if you're listening, you know I love you. But man, <laughs> right? I just have a feeling Doug is going to take you to town, dude. Like, so so George, George, I love George, but George is going down. It's going to be like, I'm going to make the thriller. I, in love, the I love you, George, but I just don't know that you're going to be able to. Um, and if it's after September 23rd, get on whatever you have to get on for the in demand to see what happened. All right. So that, that's my, that's my big, uh, uh, that, that's my short-term takeaway. Um, you know, my long-term takeaway, the, the thing that, that, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of September, we're entering the fourth quarter. Um, I, I think, I, I think that I think 2021 is foggier than it was three months ago. Right. And, and so I think that it really is um, get back to the basics, um, get with your entire team, 
answer the question, what is the problem that we solve? Why are we here? I, I think it's important for everyone to refresh that. And, and, and I think if you did just one thing as an individual or as an organization over the next two weeks that would have the biggest impact is organizationally get back around the why are we here and, and what's the central value creation? How are we going to, you know, how are we going to solve for our customers? If you focus on solving for your customers, you're, you're going to come out better like if you do everything else wrong, but you stay focused on that, you're going to be better than, 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 than 70% of the world. Um, and it's hard and it's crazy. Um, but yeah, get back, you know, simplify it. Um, and focus and, on the why. Yeah. And, and like, like, let's get everybody back around. And, you know, I know as an executive, like we talk about it all the time. We think about it all the time. I know sometimes it's like, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about it anymore because I've been like, I've been racking my brain about it. We just had a, um, you know, we just finished our all hands. Actually we have the last piece of our all hands cause we couldn't get together live coming up on, on Friday. Um, and it was like just going right back through. Uh, and, and I followed the pattern of, of like the very first time we did it. Here's who we are. Here's who our customer is. Um, here's what we're not. Here's why we're doing this. Um, we, we, and, and we moved it, you know, we're moving more and more to, and I made it clear, like going forward, you guys got to be leading this stuff. You know, that whole, you need to be, you need to be agents of your own journey. Um, my job is to create, I'm listening to Reed Hastings book right now. Um, and, and he talks about, you know, the leader's job is to create context, right? My job is to create context and, and to create clarity uh, for, for where we're going. And, and this is hard for me, right? Cause I want to help yeah. if nothing else. And then right. I got to get out of the way and let people and, you know, and, 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 and let people play the game. Um, and, and to be able to do that, you got to be behind the wall. And I think like everyone's been so overwhelmed by so many things. If, if you have not purposefully realigned around the why of your organization, um, I guarantee you that's where there's conflict and you don't even know it. Focus yep. on the why, get back to basics. Love it. Good advice. Hannah, how did we do on our new, uh, on our new structure? It was great. I love this new structure. Yeah, I, 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 I do like it as well. You know, you know what that was, right? Yeah. Uh, is a gong ringing? That is, the, that is the sound of somewhere between 100 and 1,000 people becoming millionaires yesterday. <laughs> that was the New York Stock Exchange opening bell. Uh, I mean, they right, didn't trade right. on the New York Stock Exchange. But, uh, so congratulations right. um, to, to all the people on Snowflake for, our, you know, for all the stuff that I said. Like, what in the like, – go out and buy – Buy three Fords on me. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it, it is wonderful to see, uh, you know, a company that's doing it right. They've got great people. They've got a great mission. Um, I get, I'm, you know, I get excited about it. I'm going to go find some data to, uh, to transfer somewhere so that um, maybe I can have my, uh, my, my $75 billion valuation too. There you go. And that is it. Until next time, join us on the Black Line Podcast.